You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro, who has been on an extended holiday sort of break. Uh, this is Shapiro World. David Shapiro is from Sassam Securities. David, how was Yom Kippur? How, were, how was the fast? I know I'm, I'm being serious now. Um, did you find it spiritually enriching for you? It's, well, it's always a time of introspection and uh, where you look inside yourself and you think back on the year. You know, for us, for me, it was a difficult year. I lost my brother. Yes. The problem is that uh, it's normally a time where you honor the dead and say a prayer for the dead. And uh, I, I couldn't go to shul. And uh, there's a very important prayer. They have it a few in, at a few festivals called Yisko, which is uh, especially a a prayer dedicated to your lost loved ones and so on. And it's one of the highlights of the festival. And unfortunately, I, you know, I haven't been able to go. So it was, that's been a tough side of COVID, a really very, very difficult side. It's like, you know, as I was saying to you, it's like uh, spending Christmas by yourself. Mm. Um, You can go through the motions, but, uh, you know, without family and without people around you, it's pretty difficult. But you do it online anyway. as well. I mean, do you do it online? I mean, your family in Australia no, and in, in the United no. States of America? No, you don't do that. No, you can't do that. No, we talk to them, but you can't do it during the festival. I mean, oh. you know, this is like uh, the Sabbath. You don't turn anything on. There's no lights. There's, oh, I mean, I you can't you can't create anything. So, yes. you know, you can't pick up a phone or do anything. The reform shuls do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, think, I think even the conservative shuls in America – they they have different rules, uh, but the Orthodox don't do it. So anyway, it's right. fine. It's it's a uh, you get through it. You know, I mean, you just have to understand. Maybe uh, next year. And tonight you've got mm. the last thing, which is uh, the Sukkot or Sukkot, depending mm. on and, and, yeah. and that's the end mm. of it for a while now. No, well, until next Tuesday. So I'll explain. <laughs> so tonight is the start of Sukkot, <laughs> and then we go on to the and then they end reading the Torah next week. So you have what's known as Shmini Atzeret and Simchas Torah. So there are two festivals next uh, Tuesday and Wednesday as well. And the, the whole it's a, it's a week of celebration. Yes. It's uh, really a week of celebration, visiting friends, even even in lockdown conditions, because you are eating outside. Right. So so it's a fun time, you know. Good. And uh, it's 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 always good to eat uh, in the sukkah. And uh, have a meal, have a vodka, have a schnapps, whatever you're drinking. Yeah. Okay. So, mm. so, so mm. after the seriousness and the fasting, and now, yeah, you, exactly. now it comes the celebration, which is great. Mm. Not much of a celebration on the markets today, David, because no. it, it no. started off this morning. It actually started mm. off on Friday, and this whole business about mm. Evergrande. And then when I woke up, Evergrande's share price was 14% down on the Hang Seng. The Hang Seng was under pressure. The S&P was under pressure. And then the S&P at one stage was nearly 2% weaker. It has recovered a bit, but nonetheless, mm. the S&P futures are down nearly one and a half percent at the moment. At one stage, mm. the all share index of the JSE was down three percent plus. It's now recovered mm. to only being down, uh, what is it, two and a bit percent. But there's a few players and there's a few influences coming to the market all at the wrong mm. time, I think. Mm. What do you make of it? Because it, it's, exactly it's, it's got a nasty sort of feel to it at the moment, anyway. Exactly. You know, you know what I do. I learned this from um, a strategist mm. who used to be at Societe Generale, and I'm trying to – I can't remember his name, and a uh, very clever man. 
And he used to follow headlines. That's all he did. You know, he, it was just part of his strategy. Yeah. And I always write down the headlines. And I put them on the left or the right, bullish, bearish. And you see, I always like to measure how markets react to those headlines. You know, when there's a lot of negative headlines and the markets go up, you know that the worst has been discounted already. You know, it depends where the market is. I'm just being over and I'm oversimplifying it as well. But um, at, at what, what concerned me is on the weekend, I go through the various uh, periodicals, whether it's the or, or newspapers, and I, I, I like to write down one or two points on the headline. I could not find one bullish headline. You know, I couldn't find anything on the bull side. Yeah. Everything was on the negative side. You know, from earnings worry, you name it, you name it, from inflation, earnings worries, slow down momentum, a slow down of money going into the equity fund. Uh, then we come on to inflation. Then we come on to Evergrande or Evergrande, whatever pronunciation mm. you want, and 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 so on. And all of the uh, the commodity prices, you know, the fall in iron ore. Uh, then you've got the Chinese. You've got the standoff between France and Australia. You know, wherever you went, there yeah. was everything was negative. And against that wall, it's very difficult for anybody who's thinking about going into the market to. Uh, um, you know, to, to go out and buy and say, why should I? So it's bound for, you know, we're bound to have some kind of a correction. How far it goes, um, I'm not quite sure. Um, and of course, the other one is, uh, we've got Powell meeting this week, uh, the, the Fed, and everyone's concerned about tapering and when they're going to taper, how far they're going to taper. And so it goes. So, yes. so, so Lindsay, yeah, you know. You know, you know when to just stand back. You don't have you don't have to be brave and say I'm a bull. I'm going to buy. I'll teach them. Forget about it. You know. What do you make of so, Evergrande? Yeah. Because Evergrande is a, is a massive, massive organisation yeah. which has up until now anyway it can't build it, can't build anything because it's got no money. It's got it can't pay its bricklayers. Yep. It mm-hmm. can't pay its designers. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine if you build six hundred thousand homes a year, which is what mm-hmm. it's been doing? How many auxiliary industries there are surrounding those 600,000 homes, David? Can you imagine all those people are going to get phoned up now and said, sorry, we can't pay you. Sorry, we're not going to contract with you yeah. uh, again because mm. we, we've gone bust. It's an, I mean, I, I know China has – what's the population of China? 1.2? About 1.3 or, yeah. 1.3 billion. I mean, it's a massive yeah. country, and so 600,000 mm. homes doesn't sound like a lot. But on the other hand, it will have a massive effect on the debt markets in that country, yeah. and already has. And therefore, if it's, it's because of an interlinked world, the debt markets worldwide will be mm. affected and already are yeah. being affected. It's, I think it's mm. a big story. I, we're, in a, we're, uh, we're in a situation where the banks are not as vulnerable as they were Mm. In um, you know, in 2007, 2008, there's ongoing um, uh, checks on the banks, you know, stress testing. So yes, I think banks are going to take some some uh, knocks, but that will be at the bottom line, which they can manage. But it is going to affect their profits. You know, when it affects their profits, it affects their share price and has a knock-on effect. So I'm I'm quite. Uh, uh, you know, the, the other side of it is, is besides the financial side, there's the, the business side because, um, if they're going to stop building, that means no demand for steel, you know, and there's no demand for copper. And because this is a big builder. And then you're going to have all these excess, um, apartments or whatever, the homes, you know, being dumped on the market. So that's going to affect other property dealers as well. So, 
you know, there's a whole contagion issue that you have to uh, consider. Um, so, you know, you, you know it, it, if you sell an apartment or a flat and you have to sell it, it brings down everybody, you know, it brings down everything in the area. Yes. So if there's solid people across the road with decent businesses, you know, it's going to affect them. So I, I, I think this is, uh, you know, it's a pretty serious business. This is not the first time in my lifetime that, that we've seen this. I mean, there's every, every couple of years you'll have, you know, the property businesses going under, um, you know, having huge issue. Remember the Reichmans in, in Canary Wharf? Um, when they built Canary Wharf and couldn't sell anything, this was a Canadian family. Um, we saw it in 07, 08, you know, with all the subprime, all the houses that were being put up. Remember, Spain was in that kind of issue yeah. uh, after the subprime crisis. So, yeah, you know, it's it's it, it's very worrying when it happens, and uh, you can't just make light of it. Um, no, you can't. Mm, mm, mm. No, you, you, so, you really can't. Okay, so we've got that. Uh, obviously, Beijing mm. will step in because it is too big to fail, I think. Yeah. I mean, it has mm. failed already. We know that. It can't pay its debts. But the, the, the Beijing, uh, Beijing has to say to itself, we're, we're a, a command economy and therefore mm. we are in charge. But on the other hand, yeah. we've uh, let a bit of uh, capitalism and capitalistic principles come into our economy and now we're paying for it. But they have to, they surely have to step in, David. They have to step I, in. I, I'm sure they will. Mm. I'm sure they will because, um, yeah, the international banks, I don't think they concern about it, but they should be because it means that mm. no one else will invest in, you know, they, they, they then they're going to have to rely on domestic, um, uh, domestic money. So yeah, I think there is some kind of pressure on them to uh, respond. And any, and you know, we learned from, well, I don't know whether the Chinese learned. I think in hindsight, um, I have no doubt that the Fed and all the other agencies would have like to have bailed out Lehman Brothers. They let it fail and look at the consequences. You know, it yes. took 10 years. And I don't think we got out of it. Even, even when uh, the pandemic hit us, we still weren't out of the, um, the problems that were caused by the, you know, 07, 08, uh, crisis. So I, I think in, in uh, you know, hopefully the, the government learns from that. Don't test them. You know, don't say, well, let them fail. I think that it's, uh, this is far, far too big. Yeah, lessons will be learned, but you know, I think I think it's going to have consequences on financial markets. Okay, so we've got that the Chinese property market bubble. We've got the U.S. Federal Reserve coming up with its meeting this week. We've got the South African Reserve Bank with its meeting this week, which is mm. far less dramatic. Uh, but on the other hand, when they look at the markets today and see the rand going to the 1480s, they'll think, well, maybe we should at mm. least note in our post-decision discussion uh, that uh, there are risks in the future. Uh, we've got commodity yep. prices falling, uh, not dramatically across the board, but certainly s key commodities are falling. Iron ore. I mean, look at iron ore. Way below half price now. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. 225 yeah. in May? 230. 230. 230. Um, a lot of the producers have been selling their stockpile, you know, just yes. making things worse, simply getting in cash because the government have, uh, have, have uh, you know, have ordered that they stop production in order to uh, clean the air because they've got the Olympics coming up, the Winter Olympics. So mm. um, there are a lot of things that, that, that they can do. And, I mean, it's just completely tumbled the market. 
Um, from our point of view, Lindsay, I think we spoke about it the other day. That's, for me, it's quite serious because we've I got a, so. an iron ore price that is halved. And this has been the big More winner. Half, yeah. You know, all the tax receipts that we've been getting from companies like Exara, from I, from uh, Kumba. Uh, Kumba, from you name it, you know, from uh, SO, all of these iron ore producers. Anglo-American PLC, did you see well, that share yeah. price? It was down mm-hmm. 8% at one stage. Today. I know. Huge. So there's been a massive sell-off and a massive concern. And on top of that, we've got the, the platinum companies still under pressure. I don't know whether they've picked up anything today, but, um, you know, iron, I mean, platinum was down around about 900 or the, the low 900. That was also 1280 not too long ago. So mm. big, big falls in, um, and it hasn't been compensated by the, you know, by, by the RAND uh, depreciation. So we're going to find some, some fall off or some, um, you know, um, collateral damage in our economy, uh, as a result of that. So. The other thing is that, uh, that that has sort of been not pushed to the side, but certainly is part of the maelstrom of, of madness that's going on, on on this Monday, which will obviously calm down as it always does. But um, this I'm reading from Bloomberg now. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen renewed her call for Congress mm. to raise or suspend the U.S. debt ceiling, saying the government will otherwise run out of money to pay its bills sometime in October. We've heard this so many times before mm. in brinkmanship, mm. and eventually there's a, a bipartisan <laughs> decision where they raise the debt. But she says this, and these are quite strong words for Janet Yellen, mm. who's a very considered woman, and I like her. Writing in a Wall Street Journal op-ed, Yellen said, and this is her quote here, the overwhelming consensus among economists and Treasury officials of both parties is that failing to raise the debt limit would produce widespread economic catastrophe. Mm. Not not economic downturn, but economic mm. catastrophe. Mm. And then she says, mm. and this is what really freaks me out, is the, the, the numbers here, David. The U.S. House will vote next week on raising the, the nation's 28 trillion debt ceiling. They've got a mm. debt ceiling mm-hmm. of 28 trillion. Where, <laughs> can, these numbers are mind-boggling, aren't they? You know what happens? We don't even know how many zeros in trillion. You know, so so we can't we can't really. Uh, you know, it, it it makes no it makes no difference to us. So, no. but it's 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 quite incredible. Uh, I, and you know, it's one of the reasons that they can't afford to mess around and have rates go up or allow this economic recovery to falter. Yes. So I'm I'm I'm. I know that the markets are a little nervous about um, tapering, uh, but I, you know my bet is that um, the the Fed has got a, a dual role. One is price stability or inflation. The other is employment, and employment's already being challenged, and they don't want to do anything that's going to threaten confidence, that's going to keep people off the market. So, yeah. you know, he knows how to handle it. The one thing about Powell is that. He's very sensible when it comes to these things. This is not a put or what do you call it, the, the power put or something like this. I just yeah. think that, that we've got this convergence of so many issues which are not, you know, which are not America's, and I'm talking about China, but um, they can't afford to make it worse. So I, I think nothing's going to come of, uh, of the tapering for the meantime. Mm, we'll see. Um, Dave, yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're talking your book. Maybe something's going on here. Um, the big no, news. No, I'm just worried about. You know, I'm, I'm seriously worried about saying, "Hold on a sec, you can't stop a recovery now." You know, it's far too early. And I came back. You know, when I was in the U.S. Yeah. And I looked around. I said, "No, we're far from over." You know, this is 
this is it's it's far too early to call an end to the pandemic and the and the impact of the pandemic you know there's still it's much too early to take the drugs you know to 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 take them off their chronic drugs it's it's going to take time you know on the outside i think from from economists and for uh, commentators it's easy but when you get down to ground level you see a different thing i see it here in south africa as well we way way uh, you know, we, we, uh, everybody's nervous about uh, the red alert that we got from the UK government. I'm saying, mm. what are you talking about? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you kidding me? You know, have you seen South Africans, you know, walking around with a, the mask under their nose, you know, you know meeting in crowds? It's, it's, it's still an issue. So I'd, I'd be very, very careful. And from a vaccination point of view, we know we're near the levels that we need to be at. We're making progress. Sure. But we're not at those levels where you can feel safe to let South Africans in. Let's have a look at the Stock Exchange News Service, David, mm. because the one thing that came out this morning, and I really like this because it's it's unraveling a, a very convoluted sort of structure here, and that's yeah. my assessment of it. Rand Merchant Investment mm. Holdings, RMIH, uh, proposed strategic restructure of RMI. That was an announcement this morning uh, alongside their results uh, for the year ended 30th of June. Then we got discovery immediately afterwards, of course, announcement regarding the proposed restructure of RMI and proposed unbundling of discovery shares by yeah. RMI. And then straight after discovery, along comes momentum. Obviously, they'd been briefed mm. on this and they were part yeah. of the discussions. Also intended distribution of RMI uh, shareholding in Momentum Metropolitan. But it's why was yeah. this cross-holding and this shareholding convoluted in the first place? I don't understand I, I these don't, insurance no. companies. They were it, were, it was very, very difficult because all of this started up at Remgro, who held first rand, and these, and so the the various levels were, um, you know, underneath them, and slowly that is being unravelled. You know, it started yes. with uh, Remgro giving you first rand shares, and uh, sorry, the breaking up of RMB, yes. which led to the release of rem of, of first rand shares, and so we're going. And I think this is probably the last leg of it, and it makes sense because. What happened in RMI is that they wanted to build up a an insurance company, you know, in other words, that could stand alone. Yeah. And the problem is, and we see, this is a NASPERS situation. This is a PSG situation. You know, it's the same thing. So what happens is that you will tend to value it on the basis of the underlying values of discovery and uh, and and momentum. And you'll never give insurance and the other companies that they want to purchase full value. So this is a way of unlocking value. And that's the reason that we've seen a discovery come down because there's going to be an overhang, MTN come down because there's going to be an overhang. But RMI is up 14% because yes. of the release of uh, value. You know, so um, for once we'll be able to value insurance on its own, Hastings and this other Yoyo or whatever it is, I think in Australia. Mm. So they're going the right direction, and uh, it's the right way to go. Get rid of your listed investments and and just focus on almost a private equity group, um, you know, building up these new private, uh, these new unlisted uh, uh, gems. Very good. So at last, the, this convoluted mm. and rather over over elaborate. I wonder why did they do it, David? Was it because it, was it for I, tax reasons? Why know. did they have this this sort of um, tangled web? Of cross shareholdings. What, what was I, it all I, about? I, I, 
I don't know. You've got to ask RMB, who probably had all the corporate people who put these mad structures together, whether it was made fees, a fortune, tax of course. Saving, I don't know, and no doubt about it. And it's it, it, it's the same thing now with uh, you know any kind of holding company. It's, it just makes sense, and I hope they learn from that. Um, I hope others learn from that. Just get rid of the underlying. You know, Ringo itself is is. Um, you know, they're, they're, there's, they've got RCL in there and they've got uh, MediClinic. I think mo- probably both of those companies need, uh, maybe need cash. I don't know what the situation is. But, uh, you know, Remgro also trades at a huge discount to its underlying value uh, or its intrinsic value, as we've seen. There's, you, you, we can put a whole lot of companies on the JSE, uh, you know, that, that, that are throwbacks from the 70s, 80s, 90s of these holding companies, you know, that are that that haven't really been clo- in a closer case, and we can put nice person process in that camp as well. Mm. And anyway, this is the way to do it. You know, exactly. this is a way to just 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 get rid of uh, all the holding income, all the listed businesses, and and you know, list. They're going to raise money, which means they've got something in their uh, in the pipeline. They're going to look for uh, they recapitalize a business and look for other businesses that they can add. Exactly. If you owned a, a company, if you were the CEO of a company, you, you, w- you would indulge in this. You'd just say to yourself, this is what I'm good at, this is what we're yeah. good at, and we'll do that. And if we do really well, but we see an opportunity elsewhere, mm. then maybe. But you don't invest in another listed company, I don't think. No. No. What's the Dead point? Wrong. No. If I, if, I want, if I want discovery, I'm going to buy discovery. Exactly. <laughs> you know? I don't want it contaminated by momentum. If I want momentum, I don't want it contaminated by discovery. Yeah. Anyway. anyway, I'm sure they'll sit around, uh, around the barbecue or some dinner or something <laughs> in those days and say, this is a good idea. And now maybe they're saying, well, maybe not. But I'm sure the <laughs> investment banking um, uh, consultants uh, and all those sort of uh, people invest- are, are making are a fortune out of it. Hmm? Investors are shunning these businesses. Yes. You know, and it's, uh, you've got Renette which has still got a lot of British American tobacco in it, although the price has been falling and it's got a few other investments. But uh, you know what? I just and, – and the thing is that they charge – this is what always mm. irks me is that they charge uh, management fees on, on listed businesses for which they have no control over. You know, so – make fat fees out of uh you know out of the situation you know even even good old yanni and pit muton you know they still make big money out of their of their their underlying holdings you know <laughs> for what <laughs> you know what value they they're not adding value because it's a dis- there's there's a, there's a discount yeah. <laughs> Talking about British yeah. American tobacco, uh, there was over the weekend on the BBC, you, I don't know if you get it in South Africa, but <laughs> I saw that. Panorama, the, the <laughs> secret bribes of big tobacco and this whole <laughs> corruption. I mean, the amount of money that they paid to, allegedly paid to Robert Mugabe, etc. And that's just probably just the tip of the iceberg. A dirty business with dirty tricks, I think. <laughs> I'm not going to challenge that. I'm not, uh, I, you know, I... I it's 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 not for me to comment, but I mean it makes a compelling story, and it's very difficult for them to wiggle their way out of it. 
And we know the cigarette business. We saw it, we saw it at its best during the lockdown here when you couldn't buy cigarettes, where suddenly holes opened in the fences on our borders. Mm. And, uh, you know, all these cheap cigarettes came through. And uh, it's, this is, this is, um, organized crime. You know, this is uh, at its best. And we had a chat with, a, we had a chat mm. with a, with a mutual friend of ours about mm. who was involved mm. in that off air. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. we, we, we know who is involved in this, uh, David. And, uh, yeah, prominent members of uh, political parties. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah, they were yeah. opportunists. Anyway, yeah. um, I have to say, I have to ask you one thing now, and it may be a difficult question for you to answer. When you see things like this, uh, when you see British American tobacco, uh, yeah. okay, it may be a, a company that's making money, and that's the, your job is to make your clients money. But do yeah. you say to yourself, I'm sorry, if you want to invest in this company, given what I've heard, you're going to have to do it elsewhere. And if, mm. um, if you mm. want to be invested in an oil company or a fossil fuel company, you'll have I, to do it elsewhere. How do you approach this, David? I, you know what you've got? I, I, if, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I am being a little mischievous. Mm. If go, I think I think the big holders of um, BTR, British American Tobacco, are Alan Gray. Mm. I know they've always had a very big stake in it, and I'm sure there are other a lot of other value investors. I think you've got to ask them that question, and you ask that question at a time where ESG is uh, such a big subject. Exactly. You know, this is governance. This is governance. So you have to ask the question, you know, are you going to sell them because of this? Do you believe it? Mm. And what is your answer to it? You know, and see them wiggle out of it. They might have a very valid answer for it. But I mean, you know, when Panorama do make uh, accusations like this, then then the company should defend themselves. The company normally doesn't comment and dismisses it. But we know it is a dirty business simply because of uh wanting to maintain your dominance in a market you know companies wanting to maintain it i i had a very i i remember um many many years ago there was yes. a uh, a chap david lappin in fact he was a rabbi although this has not got nothing to do with it and he used to have i think the center of business ethics or something like this he would that was his business you know he didn't go to he would go and, and lecture on it and i remember sitting through lectures with him and there was always this question what happens when you go into places like uh, you know some of the african nations or even i can't exclude south africa and i can't exclude zim what do you do where the only way you can actually further your business is to to give back handers do you walk away and just let the business fail or do you pay it you know it's it's a very gray area you yes. are committing yes yes you might have to do it but you are committing a crime you know uh, there's no doubt about it or 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 a breach of ethics you know there's no doubt so um it's it, a difficult it, it's, one you know, it's, 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 mm, it's very it's difficult. difficult i mean it, it, there's no country and no company that is is absolutely squeaky clean yep. i don't think but on the other hand i was speaking to somebody a couple of years ago about china and their enthusiasm for china and this company is a champion of you know ethical uh, social mm. governance Goodness. <laughs> yeah, sustainability, <laughs> yes. everything else, fantastic. Mm. And it does a really, really good job. And talking enthusiastically about China, and I said right at the end, okay, so what about human rights issues? 
in this yeah, country. Yeah. What about the persecution of a minority yeah. Muslim community where you're trying to, where this country is trying to, ch yeah. trying to educate, in inverted commas, of course, not educate, but trying to uh, indoctrinate these people into the Chinese way? And he huffed and he puffed. And I just thought, mm. yeah. It's very yeah, convenient to be uh -huh. to be so uh -huh. holy and, and everything about ESG, uh -huh. uh, but you can't answer that question. And no. the, the chap has never spoken to me since. And he said, yeah, you asked yeah. me a difficult question. I said, well, that's your job. That's why you get paid uh, 50 million a year yeah. uh, because of that. Mm. And as I said, though, I, I don't, I'm not persecuting him in this case. And uh, it, it's just a no. very, yeah. very difficult <laughs> wow. juggling act. Well, that's where we go. Well, that's where this whole question of ESG comes in. You know, how far do you take it? Mm. And how do you defend it? So, um, you know, I don't, I don't buy British American tobacco because I don't like tobacco companies for the point of the ex-growth and I hate smoking. Mm. You know, there might be some that we've got in legacy issues in our portfolios, but are certainly not adding to it. Mm. Uh, but but it, 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 is a, it, it, it is an issue. You know, I don't know how they performed. I don't know how they behaved. Listen, you know, during the apartheid years, um, a lot of companies um, helped the government. You know, there were so many of our businesses here that uh, supported them, uh, gave money to the, the Nationalist Party and so on, yeah. you know, just for survival. So you've got to, you've got to decide. Anglo-American, listen, they were behind the Progressive Party, what today is a Democratic Party. I mean, the, the Oppenheimers were big supporters, but believe me, they, they, and they made their views known, but there were many other businesses and, and even them, you know, that weren't completely against them. Uh, in fact, it's one issue. Business, you know, business never really said anything. So I think you've got to make up your mind. And, uh, but, 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 uh, Lindsay, it's a, it's a big story, you know, and, and I think you've got a big subject there. Having seen the panorama, um, you know, the BBC uh, program, you've got to ask a lot of the institutions here, well, how do you feel about it? You know, is, is British American tobacco, South Africa, just a very small part of it? Or do you think that this happens in other countries as well? You know? It's you know, a very, it very fancy a... British American tobacco head office. As you walk, as you, so you drive into the, the waterfront, the V&A waterfront mm. in Cape Town. Yes, very, I very know shiny, beautiful mm. uh, building there, which apparently has been built on a little bit of subterfuge, subterfuge mm. and also uh, creating, uh, creating health problems for the world. I mean, I'm not getting, I don't want to get mm. too holier than now on this one, because as I mm. said, there's not many companies that are squeaky clean or countries that are as well. But on the other hand, you have to take a stance somewhere. Mm. Somewhere yeah. you have to draw the line. Mm. No, I agree with you. I should put out a tweet. But it's, it's nice for you if you want to challenge people. I think you've got yeah. – you can make them feel very uncomfortable. They must defend it. Yeah, they must yeah. do. And also, and also mm -hmm. pull any potential sponsorship. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> of my, uh, my offering. Uh, David, um, football now uh, over the weekend. Hey? Arsenal managed a magnificent win. They've played five games um, and they've mm -hmm. scored two goals. Yes. Isn't they that beat, brilliant? They beat Burnley. <laughs> On Saturday, very nice free kick, mm. and they beat Norwich a week before that uh, with a with a sort of a, I don't know jammy scrambled goal, but whatever it is, yeah, that was yeah pinball. Yeah, they've um, <laughs> they've managed to get six points, and they're they're, they're back on track, I think, don't you? Mm. <laughs>
No. Well, they're looking better than they have. They still yeah. got a lot. I, you know, this, this, I watched Aston Villa play. I, I thought they played brilliantly. Yes. And a great team, young, fast, speedy. Um, uh, so I think there are a couple of teams that are, you know, at best, I think Arsenal are going to finish where they did last uh, season, somewhere eight or ten. You know, they don't look like they, they've got the ability to really overcome some of these sides. Um, I was very disappointed in Spurs. I think Spurs just capitulated. Uh, uh, do you know I, what I think about Spurs? I'm sorry to interrupt because mm. I know you've got to get off uh-huh. and I've got to go. No, you, no, I, no. I look at Harry Kane, who was their talisman, yeah. and Son, and those two still work together beautifully, and Son is constantly mm. enthusiastic. He's one of my favourite players in the Premier League. He's yeah. brilliant. But you look at Harry Kane, it's almost as though he says, I'm playing for you because I couldn't get the deal done with another yeah, team. Yeah, it looks yeah. as though he doesn't want to be yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he doesn't look like a Spurs player. He looks like a player no. who's waiting for the January transfer window yeah, and then he'll yeah. leave. Do you, do you agree with me? I think you could pick it up. Uh, he, he just wasn't in the game. No. And um, they were just completely outpaid. And you know, really, having lost the first goal... Um, uh, they just capitulated. Just didn't look like anything. Three goals in, you know, two games that six goals they've let in. And, uh, after their first game against Man City, they looked very strong in that, but haven't come back. Look, they also lost to in, in midweek or they drew to all, I think. Yeah, what they drew to, in, to the, really? in the conference, uh, in UEFA conference. Conference, I don't good. know what this is all no, about, but anyway, no. I don't know. Two all, um, they might have had a second side. They drew two all with a, a team called Rennes in, in, in France, which is a, a yeah. sort of a lower division, not lower division, yeah. but mid-table a, a, a team. Mm. I mean, they're okay, but they scraped to win. It's just that when you're, when you're uh, captain, and as I said earlier on, talisman, talisman. your inspiration, mm. Hasn't got his heart in it, yeah. and, he, and he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Then every, and it affects everybody. They know what's going mm-hmm. on behind mm-hmm. the scenes. They go for a drink with him, yeah. and they go for dinner with him, or whatever. Yeah. And, and he, he's he's not there. His heart is not with Spurs anymore. Mm-hmm. He's twenty eight. He needs to win some trophies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. I agree with you. And it's you, you know you can pick it up, and uh, you look at the the difference between him and Ronaldo. You know who hasn't lost his enthusiasm. Oh, if you track Ronaldo on the field. You see where he's running. He's back at the halfway. He's chasing every ball. And when you've got a player like that, he shows up everybody else. Mm. You know, where he's running and he has that enthusiasm. He shows up the other members of the team. And he lifts the whole standard. But I didn't see that. I was very disappointed in Spurs. Very, very disappointed. You know. Me too. Okay. Anyway. All right, David. Thank you very much for your time. David Shapiro is from Sassam well. Securities. And that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.